Welcome to the Vine Conversations podcast. Today we are joined by David and Linda Johnson. They are um, some members of the Vine Church, and I've referred to them as senior saints uh, very affectionately. And uh, we don't have a lot of people in their uh, 50s or 60s or 70s at our church. I, I jokingly say that I'm the old guy at our church at, at 46. And in some ways, that's true. But uh, the Bible says that with gray hair comes much wisdom. And uh, so there's, there's much wisdom in us learning from those who um, have lived longer and walked with the Lord longer. So David and Linda, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having us. <laughs> tell, us tell us briefly about your, your childhood. Like, where did you grow up and what was your, um, what was your life like as a child? Okay. Well, I grew up in West Dallas, Wisconsin. I was the oldest of eventually four children. There was 12 years spread there. And it was a very, I'd say, idyllic childhood um, up through about seventh grade when my mom uh, got cancer. And then she passed away when I was 15. So that brought some challenges yeah but um other than that it was really uh quite the ideal young life <laughs> yeah so where are do you have brothers and sisters i assume yes and where do you fall in the in the order i'm the oldest of the four so did you feel like you had to bear a lot of weight when your mom passed away of, of leadership um, of your family oh yes yeah. De- definitely um my my father did amazingly, but his mother also passed away uh, four months later, and he was in the hospital with severe back pain. And yeah, there was quite a bit of weight to the point that my youngest brother, who was only three when she passed away, um, figured out that uh, now I was his mom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm sure that was a very defining moment in your life. Yes, yes. But then my father did remarry a year later, my mother's sister. That's right. (laughs) So how did that, was that strange for you? Well, it was quite a tremendous relief, I'm going to say that. Sure. It was a little strange in that, as, as any parent knows, you're children are not the same, even though they're raised in the same family. And I think there was a bit of an expectation on my part that she would be the same as my mom. Right. And um, I, and she wasn't, she wasn't, she was a delightful giving servant. Um, She also was newly married for the first time and got four needy children. And I don't think I always uh, gave her the grace in my thoughts for all the tremendous adjustments she made, giving up a, a long career and all that. Wow. Um, yeah. So there were some challenges, but overall, the relief of having a mom yeah, <laughs> in the house for sure. was so huge that uh, kind of overrode any other little bumps. Wow. That's amazing. That's an amazing uh, childhood story. David, how about you? Uh, I was raised in the uh, far, uh, farming community in the central part of the state in uh, Plainfield, which is south of Stevens Point. Yep. 
more people know about that city than the one I was from. And I, I, I was in the country. <clears throat> and when I was really young, we, my dad had cows, mm -hmm. but he also worked out in construction. I'm talking about making roads and doing things like that and putting yeah. up buildings with a crane. And as I got older, uh, he decided to get into crop farming. Okay. Which means up there's and it's a sandy soil, so up in that area where I come from, we raise uh, snap beans, which are green beans. The most people we call them yeah. snap beans. Yeah. Yeah. So I was brought up on in a farming community, and I was the youngest of four, uh, with 15 years and two months between me and my oldest brother. Okay. <laughs> so um, anyhow. Uh, when when my dad finally made the change over to crop farming, I started helping him out at the age of nine. Okay, wow. Done so, a lot of walking in my life, and uh, that means moving irrigation pipes. Like yep. you know, like you see my hands carrying them across the field. That's the old. I used to tell people that's the old Model T style. Yeah. Must have been a guy who could think ahead, and I, you know, and I just started saying, in the future, this won't be this hard work. Yeah, and I also was uh, brought up with a very good dad and mom. Uh, I don't know their whole story. My aunts, one of my aunts, maybe two aunts, said that they had a religious experience back in their time, but I don't know the details of that. Sure. So well, it sounds like you. It sounds like you learned uh, to work really hard at a young age. Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It, it like yeah. I've heard people say, um, what you know, what what your generation endured in terms of like farm kids, um, like in modern day, the the CPS would have gotten involved, <laughs> you know, like the Child yeah. Protective Services, you yeah. know, because. Um, yeah, it was just kind of expected, though. Like, when you're a kid, you got to help out on the farm, and it's not yeah, easy work. Well, yeah, but it was, yeah. yeah. I also had a background of uh, hard things for me, which was losing my mother at the age of 16 with breast cancer. Wow. She, she uh, lived about seven years with it. And, uh, and then, then my sister which is the second child, she, she developed uh, Hodgkin's non-lymphoma, and she passed away at the age of 25 in Hawaii. She lived in Hawaii. She mar married a sailor person, and uh, that's where they were stationed is in Hawaii. And then uh, they both passed away the same year. My sister in 65 in January, my mom in 65 in June. And then uh, my dad got prostate cancer, and he passed away in 1973 when wow. I was 24. Wow. So it's been a lot of cancer. In, yeah. In life. And we had to go through a lot of loss of life and stuff like that. So I lost my other brother, too. All three of them, uh, I should say. The brother who is closest to me in age, he, he passed away with a... I think liver or pancreatic cancer. So they're all different kinds. And, um, and then, uh, my oldest brother, he, he had a bladder cancer, but he was, you know, in his eighties already. So he yeah. died at 87. So anyhow, so the cancer, uh, cancer yeah. was really a major. Yep. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm curious 
as you guys reflect on, um, cause it just sounds like, you know, both of you lost parents at a young age and, you know, we hear about these things today. People are still dying of cancer, mm-hmm. but, it, but it seems like, like, was that a common thing for your peers in their twenties or was it, I guess what I'm getting at is that have you, have you observed the, that people are just healthier and living longer um, over the course of, you know, your life. I mean, I think about the stories I've heard of my great aunts and uncles, which would be a, a generation ahead of you guys. And my dad once told me that, you know, in the early 1900s or, or you know, around depression era, you know, it wasn't that strange to lose a child. Right. And, and that was just part of life. And that, I mean, today that's very rare. Thank God. Um, but that theme of, um, just having to endure more health tragedies, um, would you say that's part of your experience or, or not in terms of like just the culture that you, you grew up in? Yeah, well, actually I'm going to have to say, um, not so much because when David and I we're first meeting, you know, getting together. One of the times we were talking alone and discovered we'd both lost our moms in our mid-teens. And he was the first person I'd ever met that had, and he was 28 years old at the time. And I was, what, 24, four or five. And so that was like a bond because we didn't, I don't know if he knew anybody that had lost a parent in their teens, but I hadn't. Okay. Okay. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was no. just curious about that, but let's let's switch gears here. Now, how long have you guys been married? It's been uh, forty. Let's see, it's seventy-nine to now. It's forty-three years on uh, July fourteenth. Okay, forty-three years. I better years. not forget that. Now, how did you guys uh, first meet? Well, uh, we we have different memories of that. And interestingly, his is more acute. He remembers meeting me at a big uh, Christian conference in Milwaukee about a year or so before I remember meeting him at a (laughs) uh, (laughs) meeting of uh, a smaller group of of music ministries from Milwaukee and Madison that got together. Okay. um, Do you remember your, do you remember your first impressions of David? Well, I, I do actually. At the Other time, than him being dashingly handsome. Well, he was dashingly <laughs> handsome. I knew of him because he had organized different Christian, like even large gatherings in in Madison. So I'd heard of him. But to be honest, at the time, I was being very careful in relationships with men. So the, when he walked into the room, the first thing I prayed was, Lord, don't let him sit next to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh, then he started talking to my best friend who was in their, their music ministry and talking about different uh, classical music. I'm like, really? This is very interesting. Not many people knew to that depth different pieces and whatever. Yeah. So it sparked my curiosity quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. David, do you remember your first impressions of Linda? Um. Well, like she said, we, we met at a... A conference, and I remember taking notes, which I was doing at that time. Uh, 
I turned around and she happened to be the one behind me. I said, did you catch that last thing? And she handed me, I think, I think this is close as I could. Did you hand me, or would you hand me your notebook so I could see what he just said? And so anyhow, I knew, I knew her at that time, uh, but we didn't have anything between us. I'm yeah. sure that's common for some people, you know. Sure, so. sure. And how did, uh, how did your date, did you guys date? <laughs> um, you well, you probably should tell it because I don't know if I can remember all those everything. So. Okay, so how how we dated? Well, the first time we got together after just meeting each other, I was in Madison uh, for music teacher uh, classes, and uh, my friend said I would I'd like to have a picnic and and get together with all the people that I'd hung out with when I was in school there. And I encouraged her to invite David, which she did. So we got to talk there. And then he said, oh, sometime, um, you know, if you're ever back in town, you know, I'll take you out to eat or whatever. And we had another common friend. So the three of us went out in July. But what really started it, we, he stood up, he sang in a wedding that I stood up in in August of that year. And then he called me in like October and invited me out because I was going to be in Madison. See, we were in different cities. Okay. 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 <laughs> we weren't in the same city. And um, I agreed to go out with him. But God had given me actually a precept, a special rule just for me in that season of my life because I really wanted to obey the Lord and follow him in purity. And he had just put on my heart that I should not spend any time with guys alone. And the next morning, after I said I'd go out with him, I was, I was beginning to like engraft the beginning of uh, Psalm 119 into my heart. And there's a part in there, it says, Thou hast commanded thy precepts to be kept diligently. And I actually prayed this to the Lord. Oh, that my ways would be steadfast in keeping thy statutes. And immediately God reminded me of that precept. Mm -hmm. And that I had just said I would go out with him alone and that wasn't going to work. <laughs> okay. And um, I, I struggled very hard with that. Uh, but finally decided to obey the Lord. I called him up and I said, uh, David, I'd like to go out with you, but at the place he was going to take me was really fancy. <laughs> and uh, oh, nice. <laughs> I said, well, first of all, I, I'd like us to go with some other people, sure. not just alone, and that that was something the Lord has, has given me for this season. And instead of this fancy place, maybe something more like McDonald's. <laughs> All right. And he responded with, oh, that's fine. I'll find someone to go with us. And, um, you know, let me know if the Lord tells you anything else. Okay. Which had not been my experience prior. Okay. <laughs> I'd only had one other experience prior, but it had some pushback that, from a Christian that wasn't very helpful. So that won my heart right there. But he, he really cared about me following the Lord, even if he didn't understand why or. Sure. You know, so did that, um, did that, obviously that changed over the course of time. Did you feel the freedom from the Lord to, to spend time with David? 
I not only felt the freedom eventually, I mean, I think we had three dates, which were over the course of months because we didn't live near right, each other. Right, right. Um, with this one blessed saint <laughs> who went with us. Um, and then, but I had also talked to our pastor and I had a roommate that I was also accountable to. Yeah. And when I started feeling like he was, he was safe. <laughs> yes. I could trust myself and him. Uh, I passed it. I ran it past both of them, and they both agreed that, um, yeah, that the Lord was lifting that from me. So oh, that's good. I had confirmation. <laughs> that's good. Do you remember it like that, David? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, she's got more details involved than what I can remember, but yeah, I I remember that happening and with. I don't know if you want to ask me a similar question or. Well, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna, um, I was gonna transition, but if you had something to share along those lines, go ahead. Well, I had dated girls at uh, in Madison here at the church I was going to, but somehow I felt like I was in a fishbowl, and so I just started to feel uncomfortable about going out with girls or ladies that were in the Madison area. So when I found out she was in Milwaukee, that was a good thing for us, the separation. Okay. So that made it easier for me because I didn't, that was probably a mental thing, but I just felt better not having people know, yep. you know, yep. that the, Oh, you're going with her. You're going with her. That sort of thing. And that, yep. that kind of relaxed me quite a bit. That's good. What would you guys say um, has been, one of the one or two or three things that have really given you perseverance in 43 years of marriage? <laughs> He's like, so gracious to always let me answer first. Um, helps me. Yes. Okay. Perseverance. Well, certainly knowing the Lord, feeling confident in my heart that David was God's choice for me. Mm -hmm. I had I had confidence, not just by feelings or whatever, but I actually at one point in our dating life, uh, I, I put a fleece before the Lord, honestly, <laughs> um, which I don't necessarily advise everybody to do. But I I had special reason to doubt that I could ever make a right decision in this area. Okay. And so I put a fleece before the Lord that actually had to do with the weather on a trip we were taking to visit, to meet my uh, grandfather and me meet his um, remaining, one of his remaining siblings. And um, I asked the Lord that it would be a nice day. Now, what I meant is it was in March, so it could be anything in March. And I just meant that there'd be sunshine and not rain. Mm -hmm. Well, the Lord gave us no clouds and a record high temperature. Mm. <laughs> and two days later, there was an ice storm as though he put an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That. And so I just had, I don't know, for me, I needed that extra. But that helped me through everything. Because if this is God's choice and I'm following the Lord, whatever comes, whatever happens, it's what he has for me and yeah hallelujah he is yeah good. so god's sovereignty in your in your in your marriage 
Amen. Yeah. What What other things have really contributed to your perseverance? Uh, going through hard times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just something that is, you study the word, that that's the normal thing. Uh, a lot of young Christians, that's hard to gra- grasp a hold of because they're, especially when they're going through the honeymoon of being uh, a child of a God. Um, the first hard thing that comes ar- along can be a challenge in the sense that why is this happening to me? Right. And uh, so I was studying the word in different parts. And then I, I remember one night sharing with Linda, I don't remember what the thing was, what the problem or whatever it was, was I, I, I referred to Joseph going through uh, a, a time when he, he was uh, being tried, but yet God was getting ready to use him in a miraculous right, way. He went to prison. Family and stuff. So I just said, that's how we have to be. Uh, each of us in our own walk, we have to be able to say, uh, not bring it on type of thing, but just whatever is you have for my life, Lord, if it's going to bring me closer then I, I receive that, whether yeah. it's painful or whatever. So right. that's one of the things that's stabilized me, and I hope it's stable. I wanted to also encourage her about things that might be troublesome. You know, yep. And yep. So, well, and I'd say another thing that has helped us through uh, difficult times is just respect and kindness. Yes. Not, not um, I, I just... He, he, David is kind to me, mm-hmm. and there there was one time, one of our I'd say hardest time, one of our big hard times was a, a time where he left a job, got a different job, and that job was not working out, and I had just had a baby, and I got very very instead of trusting the Lord, I got very, very scared, very anxious to the point that I had hives all over my body. Sure. <laughs> And um, I discovered that stress could cause that. And obviously, I wasn't trusting the Lord. And uh, when I got serious before the Lord and repented of that, the Lord gave me three things to do. And the first one was respect your husband. Hmm. And I'd say that is the core thing. And that is, you know, what helps, um, yeah, helps the whole thing because we haven't, by the grace of God, had to work through hurts with us throwing barbs at each other. There's yeah. enough that goes on in life without that. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> I was I, I was going to say, Zach, uh, I also at that time had studied about what uh, husbands and wives are supposed to do, and I think the main one that sticks out to me is the one in Ephesians. Right, Ephesians 5. The husband is, you know, the, I can't say the whole thing in exact words, but you know what I'm talking about? And it's just that scripture at different times in our walk. Yeah. <clears throat> because we both read it, uh, it helped out, you know. So right. that's something I recommend for any, well, any Christian. You got to read the word to know the, the attributes of God and what, how he at, re, acts and reacts with our, how we, uh, you know, do things. Yes. Amen. Amen. No, that's, that's so good. And it's these simple truths that are um, just because they're simple doesn't doesn't mean they're easy, um, but but they're simple truths that when we take them to heart, God God blesses them, and it's so encouraged. 
it's so encouraging to see yes. you guys you guys as living evidence of that. So would you guys be willing to share some of the some of the significant trials that you've walked through that's put pressure on um yeah, you've already alluded to some, but pressure on your marriage, pressure on your faith. Um anything you you could share with us about that and what you learned from those things? Um well, one that I'm going to assume that you're okay with me bringing up. And I think some people are aware that David has struggled with depression mm-hmm. over a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has, yeah, that, that there were stressful times mm-hmm. in that um, and in trying to understand, and we've come a long way over the, what, 20, you'd say how many years? Uh, it's 25 years. <laughs> yeah, 25 years of... Um, the really low stuff. Of, yep, yep. Yeah, going up and down, and the downs got downer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Over the time. Um, but the Lord, the Lord is faithful. And again, I had that absolute confidence and assurance that, you know, this is... God is taking us through this together for a reason. And, um, you know, I also knew, and David knew that he had three close relatives that um, committed suicide, Hmm. which is kind of unusual. Not many people have a family history like that, an uncle and two cousins. And so I was aware of, you know, that there, there can be physiological causes there can be spiritual causes all sorts of things so anyway uh but that that was that was a challenge but i also want to attest to the fact that the lord has brought a healing and and you know 25 years is a long time but it is a finite period of time and at this point david through uh something called tms treatments and obviously spending a lot of time in the word and many prayers he's come out and It's like a resurrection of the the man I married. He's, yeah. you know, sense of humor starts conversations. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah, beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that. That's a miracle for me, by the way, Zach. That yeah. whole thing that yeah. happened over two years now, two and a half years ago. So, mm-hmm. I shared that with a lot of people, especially those who I who share with me that they've had bouts of depression and you know have had to go through things. I I said, well. You, you just have to turn to God. I mean, that's an easy flipping thing to say, but that's really all you have going for you. There yeah. might be, there's also medical treatment you can go through. I'm not against any of that, and I had that. But uh, you, you, you have to get to parts in the scriptures that talk about depression. And one of the strongest books that I uh, have gotten help from was Psalms, David. Absolutely. King David, and of course he has my name, and I, I yeah. and love it. And uh, I don't know, that just re- has really helped me. I mean, he went through some tough stuff, and he, there's things in there that that he says about God that brings him back down. But he, you know, he complained too and mm-hmm. wondered why things were going. That's right. How wrong. long? How long, yeah. the Lord? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, if you guys could go back, and this might be a hard question, but just give it a shot. If you could go back and talk to your 20 year old self from where you sit today, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? 
I wasn't a Christian until I was 21, uh, within a, one month of it. So is that what you're referring to when I was a young Christian or before? My... Either one. maybe. Yeah, either one. Well, I'll go to the one after I'm a Christian because I was a zealot and I just really <clears throat> wanted everything of God. And I had read a few things uh, about certain Christians. I read some books and I can't even remember which ones, but. I wanted God to manifest himself to me in such a way that I could um, be encouraged and have my faith build up. And mm -hmm. One of the things that I went through was, uh, oh, so talking about myself, I would say to get in the Word, yep. in the Word every day. And I wasn't, I can't stand, I sit here before you and see that that happened to me all the way through the whole time. Because I had lax times and stuff like that. After sure. I got married, that made it more of a serious thing for me to study the Word because bringing up a family is not an easy thing. It's yes. a difficult thing. But if you read the Scriptures and read about how you're supposed to act toward others and definitely towards your wife, uh, and th think I always think of the one in Philippians, think more highly of others than yourself. Right. And that, that just uh, things like that is that you could sometimes can just read those at a younger age and it doesn't sink in, you know, right. even with Holy Spirit, then you're not allowing the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know, uh, chewing on the word is, uh, well, sure. is a, one of the ways you, you just have to do that. So I would, I would have told myself, get in the scriptures more and read what God does to people. Mm hmm. Uh, after they become Christians, of course, Paul the Apostle is one of the greatest ones on on how to walk with the Lord and take things, you know, the hard things and the, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, Linda, what would you say? What would I say? Well, uh, one of the big ones is kind of a centerpiece of what I do with it in grafting scripture. In that, uh, I would tell my 20-year-old self to take my thoughts captive to obey Christ and not spend time wasting time thinking of what could happen or might happen or, or what did somebody mean by that? Uh, thoughts that are detrimental and, as I say in the class, nothing ever turns out with the scenario that I would have thought Right. <laughs> it's never any of those ones. It's it's something else. So I think I'd tell my twenty year old self to um yeah, take my thoughts captive, trust the Lord. Um something that I did later that I would tell my twenty year old self is be honest with God about what the desires of your hearts are. Um and 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 he will, you know, be honest and answer back. I'd I'd say, yeah, pray. Pray about things. Ask the Lord. Be honest with the Lord. Don't, don't um, not bring your requests before the Lord. Bring specific requests. Yep. He's faithful. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, this has been a really um, encouraging conversation with with you guys, and I'm so thankful you guys are at the Vine. I'm thankful for your investment in people and your willingness to share with us. And um, is there anything else you'd like to share with anybody that may be listening to this? My whole thing, Zach, at this point in my life, as you get older, it, things, if you're following the Lord, you'll grow into this. But 
just read the word, take it in, and really take ask the Holy Spirit. I do this every time I read the word. Please help me to get out of this what you have for me for this day. And uh, he will honor that. Yeah. You know, if you've gone before him, I mean, I'm talking about clearing yourself from sins and anything that's happened in that in during the day, I do it day to day. I would just encourage people to make new, uh, uh, what's for to come to him with forgiveness in your heart and stuff. Yep. And opening yourself up will release the Holy Spirit in you because otherwise you're just blocking, blocking the Holy Spirit out if you don't clear those things out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and what I would encourage people to do is follow the leading of the Spirit in this way. When a person comes to mind out of the blue, Pray for them. Amen. Don't just wonder about that. If if you feel like you should do something, do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when, when I'm saying something like reaching out to someone or uh, I, I just could give more examples than we have time for. But just like uh, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's, promptings that's, of the Holy Spirit to, yeah. to follow through and do them and not second guess them. Mm-hmm. The biggest regrets of my life are times that I second guess something because you don't always get a second chance. Life is short. Mm-hmm. People do pass away. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and God, God is so gracious. He, he sets people in, you know, he gives you those thoughts. People need prayer. Um, you know, you can have a ministry even all by yourself in a dorm room. If someone comes to mind and just pray for them. Amen. Amen. Well, David and Linda, thank you so much. Um, I love you, and uh, thank you for giving us your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Take care.